everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Welcome along to LOI Central. It is season seven, episode 24. And uh, it feels very, very strange as we're recording this just because of the way things have worked out this week. We're at the Morton Stadium. I'm, I'm kind of nostalgic here, looking out at all these young athletes running around the track. Some very fast athletes thinking of the days of coming to the Morton Stadium, thinking of the Santry uh, massacre when Shamrock Rovers played Bowes, thinking of uh, Harchester United playing in Talca Park that day, and thinking of uh, the week that that was in Europe for the League of Ireland Cubs, which, let's be honest, wasn't great. And, 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 wasn't has, great and has nothing to do with Santry. Nothing to do with Santry. But like just, you were I'm, here, you were here, just going through Santry so memories, and think, a typical Johnny Lawson's focus. No, no, I'm thinking, thinking about the that was like a nadir for the League of Ireland that day. And, you know, we think we've come a long, long way. But how okay. far have we come to come a long, long way together to the hard times and the good, Dan? Uh, this week, we, we'll have a long chat, but uh, this week um, has made me revise my kind of general optimism about the League of Ireland. Before we get to that, right? Uh, we've had see, the cup I, I'm not surprised you're reactive. I know, I'm reactive, yeah. But, reactive. but I, I was, I, I've been disappointed. We, I, I, I am reactive. You don't think Shells would beat Sally anymore, as in a first division club wouldn't beat the Jamie, Champions of Damien Damien Duff's side very well organised. They like, might. They, they, no, they, they, they get would a nil Galway beat the Champions of Slovenia? I tell you what, Damien Duff's side, they'd be defensively more solid than Pats were last week. They would be, yeah. Anyway, okay. So, this week's show, we have Owen Harry and uh, Mark Rossiter, um, who, how many times would they, I wonder, have been in the Santry Stadium between them? Why don't we ask them? Yeah. Not us. It's a little bit of a guess, but uh, anyway, so they'll be coming on. Um, a little bit of reminiscence. Rossi's going to reflect on Sligo Rovers being knocked out of the cup. We have the cup draw as well. And obviously, Owen Harry was in, uh, he was in Daily Mount uh, on Cocoms for Shells and Bows. So this week, anyway, we are in association as ever with Future Ticketing, um, our longtime sponsors. We're in association with uh, Decky's uh, Collar and Cuff uh, operation in. Glass Nevin, where you can go in and uh, get a free shirt and tie with your suit. And just a message from Rascals Brewing in Inchy Core. Um, they've just announced full lineup for the Beer and Rock Folk, Beer and Rock Music Festival, aptly called Rocktoberfest. I like that. Happening on uh, September 23rd. Go to Rascals. Brewing.com for full clashes, of course, with Oktoberfest in Germany. Tickets. That Have you been to that, actually? I was there last year. Did you go for a 40 there? I was, yeah. I was there, there, I was there last year. I've been there th three times, no, twice. Is it all it's uh, is it all it's kind yes. of cracked up to be? Yeah, it is. But you know, Rocktoberfest, I mean people probably should be more conscious of their travel, as you would advocate. So you can just go to Rascals and Inchicore for a bit of Rocktoberfest. Yeah, like German beer halls always remind me of the failed putsch of Hitler, like you know, and that's mm. I can't I've never been to one. You weren't really. a part of that. No, no, no. no I, I I wasn't a fan of um the fascist state to be fair but no, um, you didn't have to revise your opinion on them after some early optimism well Dan what do you make of it all I was in Inchicore you were in Oriel um, Dundalk got the job done Derry got the job done we'll talk lots about this obviously in the mailbag but Pats were it was like a five side in Inchicore <laughs> yeah like I, I mean I do think a lot of the reactiveness to the like you see a lot of people oh this is a lot of that is pub talk really is reactiveness talk. is that uh, react reaction no like but being very reactive in your yeah. nature it's like everything was brilliant oh no these results everything was bad Let's be honest. This at, week at in this the mailbag, we have, is Stephen Bradley under pressure? Stephen O'Donnell's a great manager. There's a lot of reactive stuff. Let's do that in the mailbag. Yeah. 
But um, <laughs> you're always one step ahead. Possibly you shouldn't be. I'd imagine if you were an athletics track, you would be responsible for a huge amount of false starts. He's going the wrong way. <laughs> Just be like, we, we did, we did. The gun is racing. He's off. We walked, we walked across the He's track. Jumping a hurdle with our producer Delboy, and they're like, you have to get out of the way. They're going to throw a javelin in a yeah, minute. You, you would definitely, <laughs> you would definitely lose focus. You'd be running around the track, and then all of a sudden, oh, there's a discus, and you just head off and you pick it up. Meant to be distracted. Anyway, anyway. Uh, you, you, you're about to go on a complete tangent. You were in Oregon. My point is that the perception of Irish results in Europe, I think, is in many ways dictated by the champions. And I say this, well, what happened with our Conference League clubs last year? So Derry went out in the first round to Riga. Um, that was it. That was them done. Uh, Sligo Rovers and St. Pats. Um, well, Pats actually got a bye through the first round. Um, Sligo Rovers beat Bala. And then you had this situation where Sligo like, were terrible against Bala and like in the second leg. And Dundalk last week against Gibraltar reminded me of that. You had a quite a young League of Ireland team being bullied by an average but old team who were a bit cute. But then into the second round, they went and both won. Sligo Rovers and, and St. Pats. Pats, okay, <clears throat> like beating Mura was an achievement given the league that they're from. Um, and then they went in and they, they sort of, okay, they, they hit their ceiling. Like Derry and Dundalk are at that point now. Um, so we'll see how they do in the second round against their respective opponents. So, like, Sligo fell over the line against Bala, but did really well, and people remember it as a great campaign. Um, but the, the, the issue is the champions. I mean, last year after Shamrock Rovers won the first round, you knew they were going all the way um, to at least the, the Conference League playoff. And, and as it happened, they, they wrapped up the groups relatively early by beating Scoopy. Um, but now, because the way things went for them and the fact that they're playing Ferenc Farris by a freak sort of freakish enough circumstance means that we expect them and I mean they'd love to shove it in people's faces now Rovers but like you know after I was writing about how they haven't beaten anyone good in a two-legged tie and this type of thing um, since they've become champions um, they you know they could be out next Thursday and in fact all of our clubs could be out you know you could have a campaign over very early but like <sighs> the word of performances by Sligo Rovers and Pats last year like I mean are we going to how are we going to equate them with how Derry and Dundalk do it it kind of been very similar actually it's just that our champions haven't performed particularly well and then that shapes the perception of the whole year well it just so happens so I think people need to challenge and if, okay and I know that I understand like Pats are challenging for a league tactically at the moment and we're you know very poor in Europe against the side that I think they know you know they were researching the next leg I think they knew it was a chance to go through you'd say they were very poor Oh, I mean, well, then Dude Lange's away was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Yeah, but they got they, um, they did get a two-one defeat there, um, which you know, but gave, they were, but gave they, them a good chance. But they played poorly. They they know. did play poorly. Um, the thing about Shamrock Rovers is Shamrock Rovers are out of form at the moment. They have scored a VAR goal in five games. Yeah, they couldn't beat Dundalk with an extra man for an hour. It's incredible. Um, so whatever it is, Johnny Kinney obviously has the miss. Things have gone but, a bit awry for them. They, that's the point. It's struck at a bad. Like, but mm. I just think the general the general declarations about the league standard on the basis of results in a particular time. Like, it's just... Yeah. It, it, people go too too positive when things are good yeah. and too negative when things are bad. I think, you know, I, I we've had a lot of discussions with people this year and, you know, off-air as well as on-air. I think there definitely is a feeling that I can see trends all right. I think some of our teams at the top are too easy to play against um, when it comes to Europe, a lot of bad passing, you know, and, and not effective enough and it's weird because we talk about Irish teams wanting to play more football and probably makes for a better product at home. But but when they go into European games, um, maybe, you know, some of the, we don't have like prolific uh, and a, and a, 
abundance of say prolific strikers in the league and mm. prolific attacking players and variety of attacking players and in fact some of the players who you know, do well in the league but they might only do well every second week and their inconsistencies have probably been found out in, in Europe as well too and we have a lot of inconsistent teams and in reality European knockout football you know they, they lose yeah, um, but I, I think you know people just will if you, you can pick results from any given week in Europe to suit an argument if you want um, the Pats came down was like I mean it was like a five aside when Adam Murphy came off the bench at half time and when he scored um, Pats really had their tails up um, and you're kind of expecting because they did score one of the most freakish own goals I've ever ever seen like it was mad and they were really struggling at the time Pats like they were so open they played uh, 4-3-3 with Chris Forrester, one of the three midfielders. Very, very attacking. And they were butchered in terms of out of possession the first half. Like, poor, poor, poor. Should have been, should have nearly been out of sight when they got the equaliser. Their tails are up. Adam Murphy scores. Great bit of skill. But then this journeyman Dutch guy that I think they signed in the offseason just scores again. He's only 22. He's is, is he 2022? Yeah. Is that okay, that so I, that was mixed in. Sorry, that was mixed up in translation from the guy who was talking to the Luxembourg journalist. But, um... Then at the end, you're like, Jesus, I mean, Pats were just torn open there by this side that admittedly were the seeded team, but like, I, I really was expecting a lot better. And um, I, yeah. th- I think I think in fairness with John Daly, I think it was a bit of a kind of a, in, in the early stages of his coach career, I think this was like, Jesus, yeah, because um, Tim Clancy would probably have played a more conservative team in Europe. Remember last year he played Forrester sort of more out in an attacking position? No, they, they, they played it very well in Europe. They were so year. bad out yeah. of possession, yeah. in my view. Well, look, anyway, that's the game you're at. I suppose, like, there was, there was other games. Um, and, and, I mean, it's, it's funny, like, that almost seems like ages ago now, like last Thursday. I mean, I was at Bow Shells on Friday. Uh, we'll probably talk more. I don't hear you about that. So let's not go too much into that now. Um, let's leave that there. Um, but Sunday, just watching, I wasn't at the Dock Rovers, but watching on the stream. I mean, that's an incredible result. You know, that's just just in the context of a. You didn't think the Dock were capable of beating anyone without Pat Huben. You see the team sheet, and you're like, okay, okay, Rovers are without Byrne and Ferruja, and they're obviously huge losses in the context of Europe. Um, but then you know you get to a cup match, the Dock without Huben, having played on the Thursday, not the bigger squad, and oh, like Rovers, I don't know. It just feels Johnny Kenny just had like as bad a day as anyone could have like you know mm. talk about character building for him and like in fairness he was brave in terms of getting in the right places all the time just mm. just had one of those days um and the dog had one of those days in the sense where the you know i was at their game on thursday and they were probably very unimpressive in terms of seeing it out and, and you know you, you get the view of people it's like yeah probably what this club maybe needs more of like it's just trusting the character of players to deliver consistent performances and yet they showed tons of character on Sunday you know like it's sort of funny how it, rocking. funny how it happens um, and it's about producing that on a more regular basis like if they can get that application to the two legs in Europe they did have a chance but the fear would be I mean you've seen them in recent weeks like throwing away a lead against Bowes and, and mm. you know they concede, they concede the first goal in so many games you feel like that would be punished you know in Europe um, but then I don't know playing Akiri from Iceland who are mid-table in their league and seem to seem to be very in and out as well. You know, Derry are playing Finland. Uh, Coops, the, cha- the, the league leaders in Finland at the moment. Look at the other Finnish results last week. I mean, Hacker were knocked out by Crusaders. HJK struggled against Hels- um, against Larn, uh, sacked their manager after the first leg. And the vibe seems to be that Derry are like, they're a good side. Um, but if they play well, they've got a chance. But if, if they do. Mm. Like Derry, as we know this season, have played well in some games, terrible in other games. But they are... They are like within the league, and this is the point. You know, like we have teams that can get turned over by UCD, so of course they can get turned over in Europe, and you know, and 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 that's where we're at. So a lot going on. The cup draw, 
um, you know, Derry against Pats, which again, like, you know, is, is fascinating because if Derry get through in Europe, and we should mention the draws in the next round are very tough for mm. Derry and Dundalk. Ironically enough, if Rovers get through, they'd have a great chance um, of getting to the playoff round. Mm. Um, but, you know, Derry, that game against Pats is likely going to be on a Sunday after a European game on a Thursday. Um, Dundalk similarly even going to Bray, having struggled against Ian Ryan's Wexford last year, that would be Sunday after a Thursday. Mm. And yet the cup itself, now in the context of the European race, is sort of fascinating because one of Derry or Pats is going to be gone. Yeah, it's amazing. Rovers are gone. Yeah. So in theory, you could have the top Ligo two. You could have the top two. Yeah, but in the context mm. of the top of the table, mm. you could have the top two gone. So you know you could you know you could have a situation, a variation of the top two depending on Pats or Derry who you view mm. as the top two. So you have a situation where it's the Dundalk and Bows if they're in a battle for fourth. But often the crutch for battling for fourth is that one of the teams above wins the cup. But actually, it could be they could be the teams in the business end of the cup themselves. Mm-hmm. So um, that's fascinating. Angle. But let you know what we have a lot of things that we'll cover, and we'll go to the mailbag. It's time for the all new silk hand stitch collar and cuff mailbag. Let's dive into those stylish electric telegrams while we're still young. Yeah. So before we even move on to the mailbag, let's get our quiz business done. Actually, let's just be efficient about it here. Um, Good question, Dan. Uh, last, last week's week. question was: Can people name the one team since 2011 who has won a Champions League first round qualifier but not made the group stages? So Dundalk met it twice, Rovers met it twice. They all won their first leg ties in the Champions League. The exception is Dundalk in 2019. They won in Riga on penalties, um, but went out then. Uh, to to Carabag and, and that was that there was no conference league then they did then go and play Bratislava but um yeah that was that was the one Riga who now apparently have a budget of fifteen million um which is sort of extraordinary um and obviously not sustainable um but yes this week's question um for the Rascals and sorry the winner last week was Mikey K on Instagram sorry Mikey K got that people struggled with this question actually they did it hard this one is um, pretty good as well this one is can people name the youngest m- person to manage in the League of Ireland Premier Division this century uh, since 2000 I, I mean they're not the youngest person now but the youngest at the time um, so what age were they um, they're in their 20s um, but there's been a couple in their 20s Youngest uh, per- they couldn't be the youngest person now. I mean, they're getting older. Like, well, this know. is my point. Yeah, I mean, like, but it, it, it makes no sense that they have got like who ben, holds the Benjamin record? Button, who like, holds, the, younger who holds like. the record for being the youngest <laughs> League of Ireland Premier Division manager? It's just a silly point. Like, yeah. everyone's getting older. Like, well, that's uh, I mean, that appears to be and he or she is not dead as well. So, just did you see there was up. something the other day about uh, one of these viral things that comes up uh, a 56 year old who looks like he's 20 <laughs> and uh. In uh, Hong Kong or somewhere, or in some of the Asian world, you look well for it. There we go. Must be said, yeah. unlike ourselves. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the mailbag, yeah, a lot of various comments covered. Yeah. I mean, Shamrock Rovers has been a f- quite a few Rovers related comments for sure. Um, is Stephen Bradley now under pressure? Um, you know, Matthew O'Brien is Bradley at risk? First round exit in the cup. You know, should uh, never ending, should Shamrock Rovers look at Pico traveling to Cape Verde? He's looked leggy since he came back. I mean, no, I don't think so. He can't, like, you know, international football is a huge privilege. And of course, goes without saying on this show, really, but I mean, have to condemn the, the moronic abuse of, of, of Pico Lopez after the game. And suddenly it's good that it was reported by Dundalk fans initially and action has been taken and it's been swiftly handled. I was just writing about it today. I, mean, I saw that. Our, yeah. our league is actually an advertisement for inclusivity. It's like maybe at odds, but a lot of things going on in this country at the moment. Uh, football is actually a place where there's integration that we don't see everywhere else. So, I mean... Look, it's just so out of kilter. And I mean, I went to Oriel in, in the 90s and you might have players playing there and you'd be fearful of a couple of 
chance and a lot like a lot of League of Ireland grounds you would hear it now and again. Um but um the 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 situation there on Sunday, I mean you just you can't justify that at all. Um Owen Walsh made a reference to that, you know, it's not a good look for the league after what happened down in Cork and yet you can mm. only echo that. I mean after victories as well. I mean it's bad after defeats, let's be honest, but it's just a really weird mentality. There are a lot of people. morons out there then. Yeah, there is. Um Killian M. Still any one of the chasing four clubs could win this league. The biggest doubters seem to come from the club's own fan bases. And I'm convinced it's because as a league we've been drip fed that rovers are untouchable. Um now I understand like fans of clubs would say this. I mean there are a lot of like pundits, never mind like journalists or any of them jokers, but you know, a lot of pundits who are still adamant here, like Shane Keegan and Finney Parts, people who are on regularly enough still at adamant rovers, rovers to win by by 10, by points, yeah. 10 plus points. Um but there's definitely I mean they've dropped more points and lost more games this year. Than, than any other reason. Even, even Manus wasn't great for the goal on Sunday. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. kind of like, and he's come back in. They've they've gotten to a situation in Europe where they, Liam Burke comes in a, off the bench Sunday, but they they were they didn't have enough fast. Liam Burke was strange. Strange. Mm. I don't I don't know what. Some of the young players there. from last year have either just not played or have kind of, um, I don't know, been a little bit out in the cold that looked so promising last year. Obviously, Farage, I don't know what happened there. Um, mm. So it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's Razi uh, come on. Yeah. Razi come on to begin was very good. And the one thing I would say though is, you know, look, I think clearly we've spoken about it last week. They've had their, you know, they haven't recruited well enough in the winter. Some of the players that come in just haven't been able to get in, haven't been trusted. Mm. Um, in some cases, I'm not sure they've been in the, um, I suppose the optimum condition to, to make a difference. And, um, you know, you have a, a situation whereby this team is just one year older, and then you take Burn and Ferruja out, um, and that's and that's it. But the flip side of it is they're out of the cup now. Very good chance. I hope it's not the case, but it's a very good chance that they're out of Europe soon. Um, so then they really have a focus of whatever 12, 13 games to mm. go and win the league with no other distractions. Um, four in a row. I think that'll focus the mind pretty easily. Um, and you would have to do some kind of deep malaise there if they can't from that position. Um, would Bradley leave at the end of the season or now? He's not a risk now. No chance. Like, I mean, I just wouldn't even entertain that. Um, you know, Stephen Bradley's ambitions to go elsewhere. I think it's obvious. I've always. I mean, he alluded to previously himself in interviews. You know, which is a one, you know, it's, it's intense. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't shock me at, if at some stage he ventured somewhere else or, or stepped away to, to take another project on because it's a long time. He still has a lot going on in his life as well. Like this yeah. this is a tough run for him in the sense of, as I mentioned, they're out of um, the Champions League, they're out of the Cup, they haven't, they've scored once in five games, they're not playing well. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a challenging time for him. Can't yeah. see him leaving at I, the moment. I, no, no, definitely not. Not in terms of internal pressure. Mm. It's just more... You know, at the end of the season or, or whenever, like do, do I see him being there in two years' time, like eighteen months' time, three years? I wouldn't be so sure at all. Mm. No, um, and and even if you're a successful team, even if you're a really successful team, um, as they have been, you know, there sometimes it just comes a stage where everyone just needs a reboot at some stage, and either way, they're going to have to address the profile of the squad, and you know, there's some very good players here to win the league, but. You know, they're all at a stage where you want to have where's the 22, 23 year old, 24 year olds? I and mean, they've had them, but they've had to sell them very quickly. And, uh, and that's part of the, the problem. Now, Mola Valpasso asking on the tone of challengers, I suppose, in the team of challengers, will Steve O'Donnell be back by the owners of Dundalk after moving the club into a good position? And uh, Tixlamal, uh, slightly unusual name, um, Dundalk beat Rovers with a hoop, and how did they build it? Is Stephen O'Donnell the best gaffer in the league? I mean, a couple of months back, there was people in Dundalk talking about. 
bogus stories about emergency meetings and, and mm. could he be gone and, mm. and all this again very like short termism um, but I think O'Donnell again I think I've said a couple of weeks ago I think he's drained as much as he can out of that group um, as I've mentioned like the you know they're they're lacking probably a couple of things in their squad um, and we'll see if Europe European progression does that allow them to go and try and get Daryl Horgan potentially I think they still possibly need to move a player out to get Daryl Horgan in um, if he doesn't go somewhere else in the meantime. Um, but he's doing well. Um, but that club, it's true. I mean, I think the Dock are still looking for investment. I, still, I don't think mm. don't think they're suddenly going to find extra money within the current structure um, to strengthen the squad. But mm, I don't know. He's done very well. Oh, no, I think I think he's a, I think in general he's a very good judge of a player. Um, and I kind of caught the second half of the game um, Sunday, and they just are very very together the way they're playing. And um, yeah, I, again, like uh, Dundalk's not necessarily the most attractive place for players to go to at times. Like you know, it's no, a, definitely not. It's a horrible pitch. Um, you know, it's a provincial town. It's not Dublin, so he's not he's working from a slightly different. I mean, I don't know what his wage will is versus others, but like, I, I think he's doing a very good job. I think he's a very good judge of a player. I think he's a good manager. Yeah. I think one of the products of the league becoming very close to full time is that for, and particularly in Dublin, is that for the likes of Dundalk to attract players from Dublin is now very difficult. Mm. And also like a lot of the early twenties players are leaving the league as well too. Mm. Um, you know, like Dundalk previously signed the likes of Benson or, um, McElhenney or, or people like that. Um, you know, yeah. and, and that's 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 the issue, you know. So I I, I think that's why they're looking outside the league. Um, what Mark Sweeney, why are so many teams in desperate need of a striker? Yeah, I mean we've touched on that earlier. Just not a huge amount of them going around. In fact, it could be argued, you know, people would argue even in player development, like are we producing the real out and out strikers? Mm. We're producing maybe a lot more tens and and wide attackers and and four three three players as opposed to maybe. Santa Ford's been Afalabi is flying now, but if Afalabi Afalabi keeps scoring at this rate, he'll be, on his be gone. Way. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, is James Clark the best midfielder that's ever lived? Asked Luke yeah. Multi. Yeah, and um, what do you make from? Well, I wouldn't put him at that bracket. Mm. Um, really, yeah. but he's shown he can he can start a game and not mm. just come off the bench. A nice little link up with Afalabi, sort of a number ten uh, on Friday, but not like a you know a Wes Hulahan number ten. Just but but making things happen. So. Um, yeah, Bows. I mean, they'll they'll like the cup draw. Paul Curry involved in the draw, of course. Um, <laughs> you're remember, trying to like member of his family the other day asked me what 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 you know when the FEI Cup final was on, and then you see that draw. I'm trying to think of the two related. You know, the, you know, know the way I like um, if I have a few beers on Friday night to put up some clips on our Instagram. Oh yeah, James Clark was has already featured this season, so that's good enough for me. You Johnny, know, Johnny's clips. Yeah, yeah he's he's. Yeah. I mean, there was a little. I've had a couple. A little, yeah, a little cameo against uh, against Shamrock Rovers in the game in Tala. That, yeah, yeah, he's, I, he's a bit of quality. No, I normally thing. blame you for our social media activity. I did post a, a picture of the Longford, and I was blamed for that. Were you? Yeah, it was like I just saw your tweet there. I was like, I don't know what you're I talking from about. Who? No name source. Don't um, have a name. Well, I, I put it up. Um, well, yeah, I am struck by it. And I understand the defences and I understand all the points about um, being a regional town, um, being probably economically not a, in a great place, emigration, you know. I get all of those points. You know, I mean, James Donnelly, who I know is like some Trojan work for the club there, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the problem sometimes with commenting on things like this that you end up potentially offending the people who do care and are involved. And that's not the point, but... Making the point there was fifteen hundred people there the opening night of the season, which is great. Mm. But I'm just thinking, even as a league generally, such as Longford thing, you're playing against Pats on a Sunday evening, and you only get five hundred local people. If you have even the potential to have a thousand more at a particular point of the season, 
You know what I mean? I'm not saying the place should have been like a cup final. It has a couple of problems. But what's um, the but what's the attraction? I mean, sort of you, you go to parts of the country. Is it even a draw to have Pats or Rovers or people coming? It's to not. Town? It's not quite what it was in that sense. But like Strokestone Road is so far out of the oh, town. I know that, that remains a problem. Um, I mean the 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 bounce has gone out of Longford for some time now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even this is when they were in the Premier Division, the crowds were gone. It's probably a crowd that reflects that this club was very very small for a long time. Stephen Kenny came in, and a lot of people have lost interest. Basically, yeah. Yeah. You've, you've, you've a lot of Dublin players coming through and um, you've a lot of Dublin managers kind of and people just lose interest. And uh, as you say, Longford has, has, uh, has issues as well, as, as you mentioned, um, probably needs a bar, to be honest. Um, I think it needs something to get people there and make it a, a night out um, because, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's disappointing when you go there because I, I think it's a lovely ground and it's it doesn't uh, get a crowd. Yeah, I, I mean, just need to bring the bar closer. Kind of basically want to arrange that in the midst of this um, this dreadful weather that we're having at the moment, if someone that can know his arc style, like hook the city, hook the city, call stadium or the Bishop's Gate, and just bring mm. it, bring it closer to the city, you know, um, to the town. Just like bring it, like yeah, just try and where you're going there get, it, get it to sort of sail a little bit close, which is hard when you're in the Midlands, yeah. but to bring it a little bit closer so people can walk there. That's yeah. Because even in Kerry, you can walk to the ground, which makes a big oh, difference. It's totally. It's it's in the middle of nowhere. In like, Kerry, like a, yeah. new, a new club are still getting like, mm. still getting what, there was 700 people against Ringman at the mm. weekend and they're just new to the league and, you know. What else it, we got? These, these things. Um, Fergal J has come to our poor conditioning leading to injury epidemic at some teams. I'm not going to, we'll come back to this again because we have guests coming in, but, I do have this thing that the whole playing against teams in pre-season, there's two sides to it now because we probably have this image of, like, look at Northern Ireland now. They used to think of playing them in pre-season. They'd have managers and holidays, players and holidays. Together. Lad, lads coming back, overweight. Um, I think people in general, like this, the Instagram years, they don't lose condition as much yeah, in the off-season that they used to. And you do look at some of the Irish clubs in Europe are coming in like they, they, they have they have the mid-season break then you have three games in a week that's where like Jack Byrne and Ferrugia both got injured on the mm. Monday in the second game back after the break you know Pats are going in without Redmond like you actually are our teams any better in June than they are bring in, back in winter football no 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 never bring back winter football <laughs> Jesus Christ no chance why not but, no but I'm just making the point that you know the, you're playing against teams in other leagues where we, st- we think of teams in pre-season and yes, maybe some of the better ones will be rusty and a little mm. bit arrogant. And uh, But I think in the smaller leagues, they probably have their full strength squads and they're at the start of the season mm. and they're full of enthusiasm. Do you not be nostalgic for a cold winter's day in the Morton Stadium? Um, I would be nostalgic. I am nostalgic for winter football, I, I would I be nostalgic say. enough, but I would have thought like, with your strong views on the weather, like you would realise... So that's, we've warm winters now. We've had the wettest July ever. It doesn't matter anymore. Well, yeah, I take your point, but it still sort of, you know, gets dark. Uh, yeah, the change? floodlights. Floodlights better is that crack. change. Is that uh, change? No. no, no. Okay. Actually, let let's do a poll right this week. It'll be me. It'll be either who wants to spring back with the football just for the crack. I no. think it'll be. What will the vote be? Seventy thirty. No. Depends if any of your degenerate mates vote. That would um, be the issue. Yeah, and there are a lot of them. Yeah, you, a lot of your a lot of your crew be nostalgic for for bad times. Um, do drugs have any chance of winning the cup this year? I'm glad they're going to play in Kerry. Kerry. You know, getting a Premier Division club. Mm. Um, P. P. Fee, well, would God be winning as the podcast now going to be unlistenable? I met Don Deasy today, actually. He was giving out to me that I don't go to games anymore, but there, there's an issue behind that. Um, so they don't want you there. Uh, um, yeah. Matthew McEntee, Rockman, best chance of last eight. Matthew sent this before they were drawn against Bowes away. Um, Pat C.Y. play Wexford. And what's the other non-league team that's left? Um, Wexford had... Um, yeah. 
Uh, Scaries are away to Finn Harps. Yeah. Dave Rogers and Finn Harps. So we shall see. We can follow that one on Twitter. Uh, Jason Shanahan, more preliminary rounds for the cup. I make the point. I just the seasoning is just even more complicated with that, though. You're going across seasons. Uh, match about this question about what team would teams would sell out the cup final uh, generate a lot of discussion. It was, it, was, it was pointed out to us that we just got away from the obvious answer that Bows and Rovers probably would become the closest. I can see the point. Brilliant that, question. Fortunately, it's not an option anymore. Brilliant, qu- yeah, brilliant question. Would Kerry bring more to a cup final or an All Ireland semi final? I thought that was a brilliant question. Yeah. Um. I apologies for uh, not having the actual poster in, but uh, that's. I'd say Kerry would bring more to a cup final than an All-Ireland semi-final. I don't agree with that. I think they would. They just have day trip. It's up for the day out. Yeah. And their, their semi-final crowd is, is dire. Like. And finally, Dan Byrne, very disappointed to see Delaney seemingly warmly welcomed yes. in temporary at the weekend. The man has a neck like a jockey's bollocks even showing his face at a football match in this country. Would you, would you have gone down if you knew like kind of doorstep? Well, we did mention that at the John Delaney derby when the draw took place. Mm. I just didn't think he would show up. Would you Would you have gone down if you got uh, a wind of it like? <sighs> I don't know yeah possibly but like you see people in the photograph and you wonder is it a moment in time you know or where you know look like, I mean if you saw John Delaney now you might you might sort of go oh yeah how are you John and then you're in a photo and it looks like but these people are like warmly embracing him you know it did appear like they were warmly embracing him they can get in touch if they want and say they could have been warmly embracing him and then when he went out of earshot gone they may have been consoling about the death of his father who knows yeah who knows? I know well listen you're, you're a sympathetic soul I am you, I know, am. you are sympathetic to I think you know you, I, you know you're sympathetic to a lot of people um, even if their actions um, have probably left Irish football behind the eight ball for a long period of time and they should be welcome back no, no, absolutely it not. And I think it was some some um, balls to actually go to a game in Ireland. I it wouldn't surprise me. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me at all. What's mm. the name of his? Uh, what's the name of his company? And again, Delay Limited, is it? Yeah. But um, there we are. There we are. Here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Let's well, move on. Let's, let's get our guests. Let's in. get the lads on. Yeah. So we're joined by uh, Mark Roster, uh, newly engaged. Just want to throw <laughs> it out there. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's no hanging around with that. Oh, Owen Heary, who who basically thinks the Martin Stadium is a kip. Like as in, <laughs> I was I was like, it's not the worst. If you had to move well, a League of Ireland team here briefly, it, it has a bit of. Um, well, there's a bit of speculation. Would both could both yeah. end up here? And Owen Heary's not having done. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I have no insight in that. But you, know. uh, you actually played here, and it, it, to be fair, it hasn't changed much off the top of my head. No, it's not. It's I just the running track around it. Like it's not great for fans to be watching on a pitch. Small. You're chasing balls halfway down the road. <laughs> it's just. It's not. Like the, it's is not it a, a great place pitch, to come. Actually, it, it is, is a small yeah, pitch. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's not a great place to come. Like, Johnny's confused because it's far away. Yeah. As we're here, yeah. it's small or it's far small. away. <laughs> you're comparing me to Dougal. Like. Yeah. Is that where we're at? Like you're comparing me to Father Dougal. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've had several you've let Dougal do a funeral moments yeah. across the last <laughs> seven years. I was actually on about shoddy workmanship today. But um Owen, what's what's your memory here? Like I was just the, the games like um, you know, playing against Rovers here or Fingal, like it was so it was quick and intense because there's not much room on the pitch. Mm. You know, it's not a big pitch where things, everything is happening real quick. But when the ball goes out of play... That's a killer. You're waiting on a eternity for it to come back. You know, you'd have a few ball boys, but you can see the track. They're running down the track trying to get the ball. It's just... Momentum killer. Exactly. Yeah. And even if you had a couple of footballs around it, it's still slow. Um, you know, so, uh, no. Speaking of momentum answer, killer... And answer a question for us. On the famous day that Rovers and Bows had the 6-4 here, were you playing against Harchester United? Talca. Probably were, yeah. Was you, you, inv- were you yeah. involved in the Harchester yeah. game? Yeah. Any memories of that? Lowes, we played them a couple of times. Full, full house. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, packed. Um, there was Carl there Fletcher. was one where we played yeah. Fletch. Uh, yeah, yeah, who couldn't actually kick a ball. You said he was off. <laughs> he couldn't kick a ball. 
But he got football <laughs> lessons, so when he came back over the next time, he was actually decent. Good looking geezer, anyway, to be mm. fair. If you say so. That's why he was there. the block was there as well. Remember that name. But like I said, we played him a couple of times, and the second time was stop start because we had to play them in the European game. Right. And they had to win on penalties and they wanted one of us to miss the penalty. This is Pano. like WWE or oh, something. Like. Unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, we were like, no, I'm not missing the penalty. He's not missing the penalty. None of us wanted. So we got the kit man to come on to <laughs> take the penalty. And he was the one that skied a foul. Or put a, or Andy Bourne put a, uh, put a high on wides. And that's the clip of him missing the European uh, penalty. So the hard chest I could go through. That's mad. And did, did, you, did you watch the finished product? Like, did you I was seeing a bit, yeah. Year, yeah, like, we're all in it, yeah. Did they bung you a few you? quid like for a period? I'd say Ollie got plenty of money. Ollie's got dead, so. Money, yeah. <laughs> He got well looked after with that. But yeah, he, he was on a European a bonus as well if he'd gone through. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's class. But it showed you Ollie's, you know, initiative. He'd bring them over. Place was packed. Absolutely but it was, packed. A, it was it was a grim day because there were more there than here for Bose Rovers, I remember. Yeah. In, in that know, sense, like, yeah, it was. But uh, it was a good selling thing for Ollie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the money was money. Like. Yeah, yeah. And he'd done it twice and filled the place twice. So um, I think they were selling the jerseys and all. Like, it was just that is. crazy. Sure, the FBI you now are like having Celtic Wolves and Man U Athletic. Never Bayern. mentioned Packy Bonner. Yeah, we haven't mentioned Packy Bonner, no. Um, yeah, we'll no. have to have to get to that at some point. Congratulations, Rossi. Thanks, John. Yeah, how did you... You wanted you wanted some Martin's <laughs> He looks happy. <laughs> yeah, you do look a bit like uh, yeah. You look a bit overwhelmed. He's not underwhelmed. I'm, I'm, um, yeah, like the the view of the stadium has kind of taken my breath away. To be honest, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, congratulations. And um, where do you go from here? I suppose you get married now. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's I, normally the I, way it goes, doesn't it? I, I quite admire Johnny's ability to take a life event and talk about it like a league cup game. <laughs> 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 time. So where do you go from here as a club? <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> happens you know yeah. Croat mother Rossi dad like a lot, lot going on there if ever there were a uh, footballer oh, you know? yeah Ah, look, that's a long time away, Johnny. Jesus we'll take Christ. it as it comes, like, like, take, you know? take every, take every <laughs> each game at a time. Bloody hell! Um, um, Sligo Rovers are out of the cup. Sligo Rovers, and we we've had a lot, a lot of uh, kind of big teams. That well, we've what three of the 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 top eight teams. Six of them were playing each other, so three of them had to go. Sligo Rovers are one of them. Yeah, they were, and. Um, Look at it heading the game park up against Drada. You're not going to get a gimme up there in fairness. And, you know, they've, uh, over the last couple of months, they've struggled consistently um, to put runs of games together. And that's continued that way. And they're out of the cup. And I suppose when you see Shams going, it's kind of anybody's now, really. Mm. Um, Big two drawn against each other again. In yeah, I know. Like it's, it's, look, it's disappointing from a Rovers point of view. But, um, yeah, look, at you, you can't take any game for granted. And look, at by all accounts, the keyboard warriors on Twitter went mental with it. And um, yeah, look, at it's, it's it's disappointing. But to be honest, from where they are in the league, I'd be saying that the league is more important mm. um, than the cup. Look, a cup runs are great and stuff like that, but it can put you into a false sense of security, getting through rounds and still not producing in the league. So I think mm. they need to get further up the table than, mm. you know, putting a cup run together. I think the problem is, though, and you know what the expectation will be, and Owen, you would know as well. Like, you know, they had a great European run last year. They've, I don't think they've assembled a squad cheaply this year. They've had a couple of expensive failures. You know, we've mentioned Bogdan mm. last week. Um, and okay, it does appear with the most recent result, you'd imagine they're going to be okay in the league. But you know, if the season just peters away to nothing, people just get apathy yeah. kicks in. People yeah, just get, you know, cranky because what have you got to focus? What have you got to look forward to? And it just, it can create a negative 
atmosphere. You're trying to imply that they'd be better off like struggling to finish second last to keep people's interest. Well, like, but you know? well, okay. I know what you mean, though. Not quite. I know but, what like, you mean. Sometimes yeah. there's a focus with yeah. that. Like if you end up in Apathy seventh does in the table, you know, it's yeah. like you're too far away from relegation and you're not getting anywhere near Europe. And it's yeah, it could peter out and peter out very quickly. Um, yeah, look at the the expectation down there is huge. Always um, is it is it actually like true in the sense that just like Rovers fans just expect too much at times. Probably, um, and I, I think, look, at a lot of the clubs should have a bit of clarity between board expectations, budgets, and what, what the playing squad is like. Um, everybody's struggling in to get good players. Losing Aidan Keenan before the start of the season doesn't help, but Max Mattis filled the boots really well. Mm. But he's effectively doing it on his own from a goals point of view. Radisaevich has come on in, a, in the last couple of weeks and scored goals. Bogdan, as you, as you pointed out, has been a, been a pointless sign. Um you know, like they've had a couple of injuries, but that what your, that's what your squad is for. I think they've done really well recruiting Reese Hutchinson, but he's been injured for the last mm. couple of weeks in replacing Paddy Kirk, let's say. Mm. So like for like, I thought they'd done really well there, but, you know, consistently, there's no consistency with them. And I think that's the biggest disappointment. Before we move on, Tone, what are your memories of this place? Because Johnny cut you off, cut you off just when you're about to <coughs> reflect on your... Uh, Morton Stadium memories. I can, I can remember when we played Fingal here and there was probably just over a thousand people here. And I with Bowles, with Bowles, was this? Yeah, yeah. Bowles against Fingal. But I think like when, when you took the Bowles fans out of it, I think there was like 40 Fingal fans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and I can remember playing on it and I and look, at from it's so open when it's windy. It's horrible. You know, I would have said that about the RSC down in Waterford as well. I just didn't like them. There's no... You know, when you're playing in Shikori, you're playing Daily mm. Mountain, stuff like that, they're somewhat enclosed. In this place, you've got no coverage from any kind of wind at all. So it kind of evens up the game when you could have been a lot better than Fingal. It kind of evens it up a wee bit. And I never liked it from that point of view. And to be honest, you're nearly having to close them down as soon as they step into the to the half of the pitch because you could have a shot from the halfway line. Yeah, yeah. you know it, it was very small that's when you compared it to Daily Mountain in that time. That's not ideal. Oh, and you were co-commentator on Friday for Bows and Shells. Taught um, you to go game, actually. Thanks, I heard, I, heard, I, heard, I heard some good reports, all right? Yeah. You know, LOI TV co-commentary, yeah. when we discuss it here, sometimes it's contentious. We're still recovering from saying about Alan Keane re- referencing Shams, you know. Um, but, I mean, it's a weird one for you, I suppose, with your relationship with both clubs. But what's, what was your view of, of the game? I quite enjoyed it, but I don't know what your perspective yeah, was. Yeah, it was, like, it was a good game in, in terms of Bows. They started on the front foot compared to the week before. Um, took the game to Shells from the off. You know, with Shells, they're a defensive-minded team. They're going to sit back and try counter-attack. I think Damien would be unhappy the fact that they didn't create anything in the game. Should have had a penalty in the first half, but didn't create enough in the second half trying to get the equaliser. Bowles possibly should have finished the game off. Um, a couple of good chances that he should have put away and didn't. Probably held on then a little bit at the end, but without Shells creating anything. But overall, I think Bowles... I think Clark for them is very good. He's sort of when he's come into the team, he's mm. sort of making the runs beyond the centre forward, which is attracting players and you know chasing them and creates a little bit of space then for the midfield. And defensively, Bowes haven't been the best this year, but the other night he looked solid, looked very good. Even the young fella that came born, come on, yeah, you know, again, be a long for them loan, yeah. yeah, he was he was good, like you know, and it's the first time in a while that he looked comfortable defensively, which is as I said, I've seen them against Dundalk. They were very good against Dundalk. Uh, Bowes were, but conceded two goals out of nothing like how the dog even got the two goals I don't know but again they put pressure on themselves and they come back in and they win the game 3-2 but overall this season Bowes attacking wise have been a lot better than I've seen now in a long time 
defensively there's still frailties there but it was good to see they kept a clean sheet there the weekend like it had the vibe of a really big game didn't it just in terms of the time of the year we're at the first round of the cup but and I know you, you watch a fair bit of shells as well too and it did feel whoever lost this game I mean, it just puts a lot of pressure on the rest of their league season because they both have European ambitions, it seems. Yeah, but like you're talking about there, about Sligan, that the mid-table teams that I think will finish mid-table, that's the cup for them it has to be the way to go because it's Europe. Yeah. Four games, you're into a cup final. Five games, if you win five games, you're into a European game next year. So the likes of Bowles, Shells, that's massive for them. Bowles, again, they're into the next round. Relatively, you would think a handy game for them in the next round that you should win that and go on yeah. again. But uh, Shells, as you said, now they're going to be trying to push hard. I can't see them hitting European spots because they don't score enough goals. Defensively, they're good, but they they don't do you know enough going forward to get more goals to go up into the the top half as the top three, top. But four. it looks like a, see, it might need to be top three depending yeah, on what happens exactly because uh, Rovers are out and, and one of Derrier Pats is going to be gonna out. Go. So like it's yeah, you're you're really everyone else is sort of in a competition with a team that they might also want to win the the cup. I it's think that's weird. Yeah, they have to equation. sort of win it. Yeah, yeah. as you say, if Bowles finish outside the top four, the cup is the next possible stage to get yeah. into the European game, and it's it's going to be massive for the club, especially going full time this year. You know, it'd be nice for them to to achieve something, have to, something to show for it. If it's European football, it'd be brilliant. You mentioned, uh, sorry, Dan, you mentioned they should have had a penalty. Um, I don't know if the referee kind of didn't see it. My understanding is the liner just kind of made a mistake on this. Um, and now there's renewed, a renewed call for VAR to come in. I think the Faroe Islands might be bringing it yeah, in, and obviously it, it bailed Rovers out to an extent in the in the European better game. Better but technology, Faroe Islands probably have better technology than our grounds. Yeah. But even yeah. at that, the other night with the game, the League of Ireland show, why not have a little screen beside the fourth official who can just look at it and say, yeah, that's a penalty. Like, why yeah, and you have it. You have it live now, basically on yeah, the ground. Why does like, it have so, to be so complicated? Yeah, that. Yeah, that's. Uh, in fairness, it was obviously it was a terrible call. It it does uh, put shells kind of out of the cup and, to an extent, but I don't know where are you on it. I like. I I would agree with Owen there. Like, I, I don't even think the referee has to look at it. If you have a fourth official there, he can look at the screen, speak through the headset, and just keep it flowing as best as possible. All the live it, coverage, like the live coverage, gives that straight away. But if yeah. you look, at, but yeah. if you look at one decision, you have to look at them all. I, I, I get that. But if, but if you had done it in a way that it was only for pivotal things, like somebody's played on yeah. a true ball. And they score a goal. If they don't score, there's but, no point. But is the fourth the official then just watching that all the time, or well, then have what a the, fifth official? What what's the fourth official mm. do at the moment? He mm. tells people to go into his into yeah, the dugout yeah, into the yeah. box. Seriously, yeah. why? Like, there's yeah. passion in the game. The manager steps outside the box and he walks over back into the box. You can't stand up. You have to sit down. You don't need to do that. Just mm. look at the screen. Handball is a handball. It doesn't have to be every decision as in offsides and things like that. I just think the big decisions in the box. Whether it's a goal, whether it's a handball, I think you can easily just look at that and say, yeah, it's a handball. I saw an incident lately in a Gaelic Games match where effectively the ref looked at the big screen and he's like, oh, yeah, like just yeah. He, he changed like a 45 to purely on that. And it was like, you're not supposed to do that. He's like, well, it's the right. Well, yeah, look, that's yeah. what happens. So, doing in rugby. I can just imagine, yeah, yeah. I can just imagine Ollie Byrne le- leading a legal <laughs> challenge against Bell. They looked at that decision, but they didn't look at our decision. Yeah. And actually, if you watch it back, it was definitely a clear penalty. So why didn't the fourth official look at that? Well, then like, why not say not, at the start of the season? All the managers in, all the teams saying, look, this is what's going to happen. We're not going to get every decision rather than not missing most of the decisions that are easy enough to pick up mm. just on the screen. Yeah, no, I, I, I see the point. Do you enjoy the, the games you're going to this yeah, season? Yeah, I do, Have yeah. enjoying it? Yeah, especially as I said, I'm down watching bowls and they're more attacking than they were the last couple of, years, couple of seasons, you know, and they're enjoyed to watch. Defensively, they're not great at the moment, but this goal is going in both ends, so it's, it is enjoyable, I have to say. And Bowers, like, what about the other good. teams? You're, you're watching yeah, Bowers. Seen, what do you make a, what do, like, I mean, for example, like Rovers are in the spotlight now because they've had a really disappointing, you know, 
double header against the team from Iceland and they've gone out of the cup. And what's your sense of them as, I, as champions? I actually watched uh, Rovers in the European game. The other team was very good. Like let, let's be honest, the, uh, the outplay, I thought they were yeah. very good. I, re I really yeah. did. I watched yeah. the two games and I thought they outpassed Rovers. You know, and they set uh, went to press little traps all over the park and comfortable on the ball. And I think you could see that the money that they invested in the in their league has gone back into them, and you can see the, the progression. Uh, Rovers probably. I don't think the league is strong enough for them here. I think they're missing that something like they're going for four in a row, and I think they'll get that, and they'll probably win five in a row and six in a row. Like you know, can't see other teams catching them because every time Rovers slip up, other teams are slipping up. So there's still a, a big gap, I think, between Rovers and the rest of the the teams. And then when they do go and play in Europe and they're playing against higher opposition, they can't get up to that level. So explain that point because Stewie Byrne said that on TV, a version of that, and he got a lot of criticism for it because. Point of it, well, they're not being challenged at home, and then people are kind of like, well, they are being challenged, they're dropping loads of points at home. And my argument is, well, is it that they're getting into the bad habits at home that they're not being punished for their mistakes, or what is it? Because the flip side is, you could just look and say the age profile of their team is creeping up as well, too. Have they just regressed a little bit as well? But you, you, maybe think, maybe you think they're not being challenged. No, I, I like that when you go on their playing week in, week out, their concentrations doesn't have to be as high because. They're playing a team to say, oh, we should beat this. This should be comfortable enough. And then when they're going and playing European teams, your concentration has to be really high. You know, it's yeah. like if you take Rangers and Celtic over in Scotland, they walk away with that league every year and then they do well in Europe to a certain stage and then it just hits them. And yeah. it's, I think it's because they're not being challenged at a high enough level in Scotland. Week in, week out. Week in, week out. Whereas you look at the European teams as in <coughs> the Premier League, the Spanish League, they're playing at such a high level week in, week out. Every game that they play is a real high level. And I think Rovers don't get that here on a weekly basis. Yeah, the, the, the thing is, though, they, they, <clears> but I mean, the argument is, like, they, the amount of points they've dropped in the league this year, they probably should be six or seven points behind. 100%. Like, why hasn't, why do we think another club hasn't come along to challenge them, Rossi, I guess? I mean, you know, okay, people could say budgets, it could be quite simple, they have the best squad, they have the best players, but obviously other teams have spent a few quid. It feels like Rovers have been there, maybe, maybe, to be shot at this year, but no one's been able to get to their level at home yeah probably you know I spoke to Owen about this before he went out like Dundalk are a very good team when Pat Holbin is leading the line but the struggle without him so I'd look at it through every team if you you know let's say in years when we played you had Glenn Crow playing you know Jason Byrne Neil Fenn were our three strikers you know there's no striker in the league better than them three in mm. fairness in, in my opinion Rory Gaffney I think he's he's the best in the league still and, you know, Jack Moylan, I think, has done really well for Shells, you know, as a young lad leading the line with Sean getting injured early on in the season. But um, I think teams are lacking that, you know, unbelievable strikers. I don't think there's there's many of them in the league, really, Did, to be honest. Didn't you, like, I think you hit the point there as well, Owen, like, like you look at the teams in the Faroes with the population they have, how well they've done. The Icelandic teams with the population that they have, but it must be investment at a young age. Like, Shamrock Rovers have no... All their all the Shamrock Rovers players were signed by Rovers. None of them came through the academy. Yeah. That's what I can't get my head around. It's like, well, fair enough, Bazuna is sold, but where are the young players that are coming through? Because not only did they not have young players, they had absolutely no legs. Like, Ronan Finn came off legless in the second half, as he's entitled to, playing wing-back in a game they're chasing. The other side is Sean Kavanagh. Where are the young players? Like, I, I, you know. Well, that's a good question. Well, as you're talking about Iceland, didn't they put... When they done well in the, the they put all the money, money, put all the money yeah, back yeah, in and progressed it. We don't see that over here. Mm. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but you're looking for young players, and you're right. Maybe Rovers down the line will have young players through because they have Rolls down and they're investing in their their, their underage structure. 
But then you go into the, as you said, they've signed a lot of players. They'll always sign the best players. They'll always go out, even though they're producing players, they will always see a player on a different team and mm. look to sign him because he's going to be. Oh, yeah, the whole player. business model. This is the mm. fu- this is the slight sort of contrast here. The whole Rovers business model is predicated on them winning the league every year, mm. and it's hard for young players to come in and get into the team. And you've been in successful, like experienced teams at Shelburne, you know, and Bowes, where you had now you might have had like a Gary Deegan say at Bowes, mm. you know, you'd have Wes, you'll have like exceptional <coughs> ones that come through. But we, we uh, had a just on that point yeah. that you're saying, we, at Shells, we had a, a reserve team, you want to call it, it wasn't on a nine, so it was a reserve at that time. And those players were very, very good, could get into any other yeah. team around the country. Mm. But we were looking and saying they were there, so they couldn't get into our team because our team was so good. Mm. So again, that was the players that were brought through, but then they had to go elsewhere. But to James play Clark football. was at Rovers, you know, like for example, yeah. like, mm. and you have players around. The, and this is the thing: like, you speak to people involved and agents and people, and it's just like some people would look at Rovers and go, "Well, I'm not going to get in there." And if this player maybe want, might want to get a move, they might want to go somewhere where they play 20, 30 games. Like Sam Curtis was at Rovers, but he's gone to Pats and got X mm. amount of games. Might he have got all those games? At Rovers, it's it's debatable. This you know, year, and this uh, year he probably well, well he would, probably would have yeah. this year, but like you know, there's there's a lot going on, and I think this is part of the issue. Like Nadrazi came on at the weekend off the bench, and he was very good, but of course, Rovers are going to bring through these players who might all be sold at eighteen. Then you mm. know, with with the way things are with, with Brexit now, too, so it's it's a really like you know, it's I think part of the problem with and I've mentioned this before, is that we're having a lot of drain of players who are 19, 20, 21. Going to going League to, 2. Going league to League 1, one so League on, 2. Yeah. But we don't have a reserve league properly here at a particular mm. point. So we don't have that next second tier player yeah, I've, I've that's ready before, to step you up. You need a reserve, uh, reserve yeah. league. I think you do. This under 19s is great with certain stage, but where did he go after that? Once they finished 19s, you have to go somewhere else to play because you're not getting in the first team, you have to move on. Mm. And just on the, on the Rovers thing as well, like in Europe, when you're thinking about the concentration and the mental, the mentality of it is that they could be thinking that even if we lose this game, we're into another European game. Mm. Whereas when we were playing, we knew if we'd lost fourth European game, you're out. So you, yeah, is that a little, you know, a little bit of a funny one for you now that I do think, you know, you kind of wonder some of the champions teams that, probably you know, would have won that conference well, cup. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, the, 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 the shells team, I know you got a, you did get a backdoor game against Lille that mm. time with the, the with, yeah. the, with the amazing run. And only because we went through three, three rounds. Three rounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I think it's on Dalk in recent times, like 2015, 2017, they were one and done. They played mm. Batty and Rosenberg. And I think they were good on dog teams as well. Yeah. Particularly 2015 one, actually, you know, they possibly would have done okay. Um, and I'm sure, like, your Bows team, the Red Bull game, you know, you think, oh, look, I'm sorry, Rossi, sorry. <laughs> but, like, can you imagine if you had a game the following week against the champions of whoever, you know, the Pharaohs who'd been knocked yeah. out, and then you get the taste of winning. It's a, it's a funny one, is it? Draw the Dynamo Kiev. Yeah, exactly. And they're, and they're gone. Just gone. That's it. Once, yeah. you, once you lost the game, that was it. You were out, whereas now you lose one, you're into another competition. And, you know, it's a bit, I think maybe mentally you're thinking, no matter what, you're going to play four European games. Mm. But the, they got to be on group stage bonuses all that as well, haven't they? Like, oh no, they would be. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Actually, yeah. It's not all about the money. No, no, no. But <laughs> he, he's kind of he's smiling here. here. Yeah, <laughs> but when they played against Deportivo, that was the last one before he went into the Champions yeah, League. So stage, they yeah. would have went into the group stages of the Europa with the oh, new the, format. Well, under the new format, you would have got European football after so, beating Hydrox Place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if you went like that's the thing. Like even Dundalk in 2016, 
they were the first ones to win to be two ties and be guaranteed. But they've yeah. they've since added an extra round yeah. in the Champions but, League. Like, like Shelburne and Dundalk are the two teams that got to the third round of the Champions League. They won two like Champions League qualifiers, for, but like, uh, but, like, but for, now it's you know you have to get through four to get to that, or to get through three, sorry, to get to that last yeah. round of the Champions for, for League. For Shamrock Rovers, a team that like clearly really did prioritize Europe to an extent this year. They went into Europe in bad form. They just went in like not scoring goals, and you're watching the two games like. I don't know, and I, I, I thought the Icelandic team were decent. They were certainly better. I thought they were, they were certainly better than Rovers. And to be fair to Rovers, like they were, they they do, they'd done their homework. They weren't underestimating them. They just weren't very good. They were poor in the two games, and then they've carried that into Oriel, where I mean, sorry, like against ten men for an hour, and again they couldn't score. I know Gaffney's gone off, but you're like, how did this happen? Because like two weeks ago, like a few weeks ago, we were saying the title is over. They're going to win it by ten points. I don't know. They've 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 malfunctioned this season at a at a bad time. I, I would have looked at it like a lot of the European games and I thought that all of the, the teams that the Irish teams played against, the the opposition team and the, or the foreign teams that they were playing, in the final third, they all looked very dynamic. Mm. Um, the, against in, the Irish the, teams? Yeah, against the Irish teams. Well, the Pats thought, game was, it was totally like that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I thought... Well, we spoke about it earlier, attacking yeah. play. And Breda yeah. Fleck, let's say, in the first 10 minutes in the second leg, Rovers were at them, you know, pressed them from the front or whatever. Then they got to grips with the game, and then they looked like they could just pick holes in them. Why? Again. Why is that? Then? So there must there must be something week to week in the League of Ireland that like there are a lot of nil laws, a lot of playing to Damien Duff Shelburne where there's like not many chances. But why is that? Like, well, like anywhere throughout Europe, you're looking at they're very tactically astute, anyways, and technically they're very good with a football. You know, they really are. So they they go out and they play. But like, I, I just thought the the Icelandic team, Radiflak, when they were playing, that they just looked so dynamic down the wings. They had a, a thought process every time when they were attacking in certain areas. Every player knew exactly where they needed to be in an attacking area. And I thought they picked holes. I, I thought, let's say, in the first game, uh, when they played in Tala, I, I would have said the Shams goalkeeper was the best. Well, was their, probably their best player on the night. He was poor he for ma- the goal as well. I know that, yeah. But, but yeah, he, he did. He, he, made, he made some good saves. And he made saves. saves in the second leg. Yeah, he made some good um, saves. But I, I thought it could it, have been worse for Poor for the goal. I thought the wall was poor for the goal. The wall was very poor yeah, for the goal, yeah. The and then he sort of moved and it was centred. It was, it was, but like, I, I, I do think Stephen Bradley will look at this and like, he's been playing players as well in defensive positions who've been making mistakes in Europe constantly making mistakes in Europe, made mistakes again in Europe and was reliant on those players. And the midfield was midfield was basically overrun at times in the away leg and they had no pace. I was like, he must have, it, must, it must be a tough time for him in his managerial career since he got over winning the league for the first time where it's like, we're out of the cup, um, we're not starting to win the league and Europe isn't looking great at the moment, we have to go to Hungary now. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult <laughs> one for him, Harry, isn't it? Oh, they've got, they got a terrible draw, albeit, the, you know, if the, the, they've the had good draws in recent yeah, years, but yeah. this is like Ferenc Farris losing to Claxvik mm. is just, I mean, no matter what you say, and Claxvik are like they've won 16 out of 16 in their league, and mm. I think they are good. You they know, concede like, over two legs. Yeah, like, like when yeah. But it's not to say Rovers can't beat them. True. They're not going in on good form. But maybe but if, if they can come through this, but I think it is a wake-up call of the League of Ireland, the results in general. You can't just kind of write it off because they haven't been impressive. None of the four teams really has been impressive so far. And Pats were opened up like a five-a-side the other yeah. night. Yeah. You know, they really were. Even like, watching Dundalk, like um, a man's got a crack on him up there, mm. but it looked like they were about to go out as well, Dundalk. You know, it looked like the other team were in the ascendancy and then bang, to get a goal and an mm. OG and it sort of got them through. But at least one or two teams have got through. You know, we've gone through seasons where all the all the teams have been knocked out. Rovers now are into the... But three, of them were, three of them were seeded. But like, I'm interested in your perspective from your days because I always think uh, they were sure everything was better Two of them were seeded, Johnny. Two of them were seeded. 
Pat Pat's and Derry run seeded. Pat, sorry, Derry won seeded, which yeah, well, Derry were expected to get through. To be fair, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But, um, but like, how does it compare to your day then? Because like, I do think uh, I, I've always thought this is a really good Shamrock Rovers team, but you have to you have to sort of think at the moment. Like, we've there has been a bit of a brain drain. It, it clearly isn't as good as I kind of thought it was. Anyway, in my view, I, I don't know what. How does it compare to? Well, you can't be ignorant to the fact that as we think our league is progressing, that not everybody else in Europe is as well. Exactly, and and they must be progressing as well because like we've either plateaued or like even last year was decent, but like Shamrock Rovers were sort of out of their depth in the group stages as well. I don't know. I think you've had a, you've you've lost your confidence, Johnny. <laughs> I have, I have <laughs> but you've 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 taken yourself too high, and you've got yourself to a point where the only way to go was down from that point. I, I think the young players coming through are outstanding in this league. But if a lot of them are going to league, and Shamrock Rovers have no young players coming through their academy, I'm like, well, there's but, some system well, failure do, here. You know, like, but they do they're, not, they're players, not playing in Europe. They have though. some really good young players coming through. But their they're academy, not playing in Europe. But to go from being a 16 year old top class talent to suddenly being trusted to play. 30 games a season when you actually have experienced players mm. who know how to win a league. Mm. I just think that's the mm. that's the problem. What Big you have squad. what you have is that you've a we have a younger league and the point is you met a million times it's a much younger league now. Younger players by their nature are a lot more inconsistent. Like you have some players in that the dog team is their first season not playing they're playing men's football. Mm. Playing like playing for points that matter. And like you have some of them at Pats as well. Derry not so much but they've had injuries. Bows, even you know some young Find it very players. hard to score goals. But like the York. point is, like, the Rovers. That, I think that, Rovers that, are the best team in the league. A because the best players, but B mm. they actually have to know how to win a league. Yeah, a lot of other teams are inconsistent, and they're not suddenly just going to become going to European ties and be killers. You know, to be absolute like ruthlessly efficient to do it, and that's I don't see how we're going to get out of that cycle. I, um, I, I love that when you say young players inconsistent, like you know they'll make mistakes, but if all the players make them, it's like he's too old; he has to retire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So where's the balance? I, I, mm. I think if you're young and you're good enough, play them. You know, mm. but I know I, I, I don't you disagree say about with Rover, that. Rovers will rely on, as you say, their experienced players because he knows what he's going to get from them, and they'll win a league for them, and that's why he probably plays them. And Europe, like there's players there have played a lot of games in Europe, and that's why he relies on them. You might be able to put in one or two young players, but he's not going to change. A lot of them, and no. them I, I, no, I get that point. I, yeah, I get that I, point. I, yeah. I think Rossi's Rossi's hit like the manager's more likely to be out of a job at Rovers if you don't win the league, exactly. Yeah. as opposed to anything else. And I, that's I, I think the, where they're the, at. The, the lack of like the first leg was really bad. Um, the lack of chances created by the Irish teams a worry, but I think Rossi's right in the sense that other leagues are improving as well, and the League of Ireland might be improving, but it's it's just not getting any better relative to other leagues. And maybe we've plateaued. I mean, let's see what happens this week. What are you actually up to nowadays? By the way. Me, I'm out preparing to run a marathon, another marathon yeah. this year. Get, get yeah. out there, yeah, do yeah, us, give us, give us a hundred laps. I Constantly. was wondering why he was watching them running <laughs> yeah. exactly out there. Yeah. So we're actually here because Derek, our producer, was recording. We should explain this to people. It's a bit without context. Derek is the is, geezer. Looks like he wants to lock D- up. Derek well, is yeah. Derek is recording. Uh, he's on the phone down there, going, <laughs> "What's going on?" Derek was recording an interview with. Uh, um, a Somalian who moved to Ireland and is now one of the top distance runners. Johnny Shells. Na- na- <laughs> a, 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 complete, a complete natural talent. Um, so, I mean, that's the bar. You're, he was actually out there earlier on. So, you should yeah. be watching it very closely. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, that's, that's, that's what I'm doing. Uh, I always said I wouldn't run a marathon. I'd done one last year and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I said, never again, never again. Then the next day I signed up again. It's just in the head, the mentality Class. that you want to do it. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. The heart marathons. 
and someone right. took it off. Wouldn't fancy, you, you, you wouldn't fancy you with that dicky leg of yours, you know? No, no, his knees I'm, are gone. Yeah. I'm laughing. To he was on his knee so. recently, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. how, how did you do it? Actually, I got <laughs> surgery then like, to get back up. Did you like? Oh God! Hold on a sec. She thought I fell over. You did. No, I'm laughing. I'm laughing to myself because the last time I said it to him there, the last time I actually ran was in Lynn O'Neill's testimonial game. And I can remember in the second half, because um, I played 30 minutes and Pat goes to me, he says, he probably took me off for Lorcan Fitzgerald and he, goes, like uh, and then he goes, he goes to me, you'll go back on. And I said, I'm not. I'm Pat done. Fennin, is it? Yeah, yeah. So I said, I'm, I'm, in my head, I was like, I'm never going to play in football again. It's and funny, I, I can yeah. remember in the second half, it was probably about 65 <laughs> minutes gone. And I think it was Trevor Malloy or somebody was played through one-on-one and Harry's pegging it after him, trying <laughs> to bury him. <laughs> and I'm there thinking in his 40s there, did he still just the desire the, to... Even, you must be tempted to tackle see. someone, the marathon at some point. <laughs> I seen Neil O'Reilly doing a run the other day. I felt like giving him a kick. That's why he was watching the Somalia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was like, "That's it." If you saw a fella getting ahead of you too far in the marathon, yeah. I reckon now you just did was, a bit of a tactical one. Like, uh, we sent off the league. There was a ten mile platform. run the other day, and actually uh, Neil done the done the run. I just see him come and boy me. I said, "Can't let a reporter beat me." Gave <laughs> <laughs> you a bit of a focus there. No, he yeah. just oh, he went. I didn't realize he was a runner back in his in his day. Yeah, he was. He yeah. actually. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to tell the story on him but he basically injured himself in Tallis Stadium one time walking into the press box before he was doing a marathon ah, and so the, the high step and it was like really badly timed but just just want to say like when we asked you to come on Owen I think you mentioned that you'd like you know Rossi. Rossi and I wouldn't I knew you were teammates but I know you've played a lot of teammates in your life how come you two got on you know what was the what was the dynamic? Yeah, he just always tried to take me in position and I wouldn't let him. So, uh, <laughs> no, he, in fairness to Rossi like he, he's as honest as today is long you know what you get from him uh, he was a good teammate never steered you wrong didn't bullshit you you know if you said this is what it is then you knew exactly you tell you how straight if you had a good game shit game anything like that he was a good footballer as well he was very good we he is. was very good but yeah, apart from the time we were over him in car and Pats and he, he made an absolute haze of a goal <laughs> well, and I, I got slaughtered for it. Go on, okay, let, let him tell well, well, the story. Yeah. What happened? Oh, there wasn't happened only there? one inch. I'll there was tell a, it from my side then. Go <laughs> on. Yeah. There was a ball play. I played a ball over to him told him he'd tie him and he took a touch and I went on my face. 10 and yards actually. away, mum. <laughs> the man took it up and put it in the net and Nutty slaughtered me saying, you giving him bad information. I'm like, he's so much time in the world. Who got the goal? It was Ricer's mate, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he it was, was a non-league team he uh, played. It was, yeah. We yeah. beat them 7-1. And Pat absolutely came me at halftime. We were came. training 3-1 or 4-1 up. Yeah, he absolutely And started. then Harry's giving out to me going, why not you open your mouth too, you prick you? <laughs> <laughs> you let me take the rap in the dressing room. That was, was the, so good, was mate, the, yeah. It was the first time I've ever heard him giving out to, to be fair. So. Where, where, did you take Pat Finlan in uh, when you were a manager then? was there, Were you channeling your inner Pat Finlan at times at all? <laughs> now, in fairness, uh, Pat, as I said, him and Dermot Keating, Great manager. I remember when Pat Force went into managing, he was actually player manager. Mm. And again, Inchi Carr, for some reason, uh, we had a row half time and he slaughtered me and gave out to me. And he told me, he called me, he said, Look, if you get sent off here, you're done at this club, you're fucked out, everything. He came on as a sub and he got sent off. And as he's walking by, he said, Send yourself fucking off. <laughs> 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 I think that was his last game he played for uh, for Chelsea. So, like you know, some of the looking at you and even Paul Curry, like a lot of these lads, you retire and then, but you haven't retired from the complications from playing, and like it, it, it it's it affects you, I guess. Like ah, look, it, it's it's part and parcel of the game. You know, let's say I had a, a couple of difficulties, more medical condition than than ACLs and mm. stuff like that. So. I, I spoke to a surgeon when I was 19 and he said, look, you're never going to play football again. And I, I more or less just said to him, I said, well, what happens if I do? 
And he goes, well, he said, you'll need a knee replacement. And I said, grand. And he goes, and I said, if I go back playing football, and he goes, well, you'll just speed up the process. And I said, well, I'm good with that. Mm. Right. Thankfully, no, I've never had any injuries. Wait, so you, you were, yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you miss the game now? I miss playing it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Miss playing it. Now, we've played over 35s and all, but then it gets too competitive after a while, and you're like, you know, don't, because if you pull your hamstring, you're out for six weeks, and you can't do the running and everything else. Yeah. So I don't bother with it, um, just do that. But I do miss the playing side of it you miss management what about management no yeah. don't no? miss that don't miss the coach and managing anything like that just miss the playing like you know and it's not even as much as in you know people say oh, I miss the dressing room and I miss that laughing dressing room or you miss actual playing on the pitch whether you're battling against someone or whether you're winning or losing it's just that side of what you really miss and what, what is it that convinced you it sounds like to me that you don't want to go back into management no, we, no it's more time now with the family and that. like even as I said to Rossi before that uh, when we played football you were set the times of Tuesday, Monday, training, couldn't go to my sister's wedding because of the match the next day, couldn't do this, couldn't do that, because you're dedicated to the, to the game. And then when I, uh, when I was out of managing everything, I was like, there's so much time here to do what I want. So whether it's the running, gone to New York, gone to Malta, gone to Croatia, whatever it is, we can do it any time we want. Like, you know, so I have a good job and I'm uh, still plenty life. of family time, yeah. And is, it, is that, because I see, it's funny, like you, you see people who go straight into management from playing. And mm. the expectation is you're a top player in the league. That's that's sort of what yeah, you do. Was, yeah. That's what, and you want to stay in the game. But it, is it almost that first year out of it that you, you realise actually don't miss this as much? Do you I know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah, that I think like I was 30 years from 16 years of age all the way up to 27 and so on and playing and managing. Like you're, you're nearly 30 years in the in the game. And it, when you take the step back, it's like it's all that. Mm. Or you know, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it, loved every minute of it. But when you take a, a break away from you're saying there's more to life. It's a bubble. Yeah, there's more to life. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I can and do a lot more. I can mm. go to, I like rugby. You know, I go to a rugby game. I go to watch junior football. I go hurling games. Or, you know, there's mm. just so much more to do. And it's not only in this country. As I said, I was over in New York. I was running Central Park. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Just different things that I couldn't do when I was playing. When you were in that tunnel vision exactly, of the... Exactly, yeah. Everything was the league, the league, the league. So, But it's nice different. to have a bit of peace of mind that you don't have to worry about the next contract and you don't have to worry about... Checks you bouncing. Lose, you lose it. That's, that's, <laughs> you don't have to worry about your, yeah. your check bouncing or not getting paid this week or saying, right, where's the money coming from the following week? But, but the young managers oh, in the league that would have went straight from playing into management and then there's a bit of pressure there and you've got, like, it's it's highlighted so much in social media now, a couple of games, it's like, you know, the, the daggers are out there to get them out of a job. Let's say John is facing it at Sligo at the minute, you know, because Rovers don't get through around in Europe. You know, people are there saying he's tactically inept when it comes to European competition, they don't have a plan B. And I, I said to him there, I said, because he's full faith in the way that they play, mm. that they'll grind something out in, in some capacity, but it's... it's yeah, like, yeah, we think about it, like, Stephen Bradley isn't even... 40 yet mm. you know, know. And, like he's, and, and mm. the, the range of managerial experiences he's been through and you would think you know Stevie O'Donnell ex-teammate of, of you guys and you know Rory Higgins and like and I say this in the nicest way possible like you know there's a real danger of burnout isn't there you know like, oh, like you know yeah. They, yeah. you saw someone like Pat Fennin who's like I'm not managing anymore you know and yeah. he was a top manager you know and on the other ways it sort of makes you think God the respect for some people who've gone and still have that passion somehow. Someone, like, want to do someone it. like Liam Buckley today, I was in a press conference today with Liam Buckley talking, it's like... John you know, Caulfield. John Caulfield, you, you know, know even, yeah. even like, you know, you can, there's, it's hard for them, but you, that burnout thing is a real thing. You can yeah. imagine for those lads, it's it's a risk. Oh, no, I mean, even with the older managers, if you want to call them, you have people saying, are oh, they too long, they need to move on, they're setting their own ways, you know, and think, younger manager coming through, 
like I said, oh, he can't do it. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's doing. So regardless, you can't win, but they still have that passion. And then they go out and they win a game. And it's great for that weekend. But then all of a sudden they're facing it. Then the following week, they lose a game. And you have, like for me, it was like a, like a depression that you're like, this is the worst thing in the world. And mm. I said, I didn't need that then. You have a you wife, know? like you have a wife as well and kids maybe. Like yeah. you look at, the, say like the young managers who, off the top of my head, they all have wives and young kids. And it's like, they have to deal with this. Like, yeah. it's, kind, it's, it's kind of a nonsense really. Like, and, Yeah, right, Johnny, because I would have gone home after losing the game, even as a player. Mm. And I wouldn't talk to anyone. Mm. Wife, kids, don't come near me. Like, don't, you know, I don't want to talk to anyone for the whole weekend. The only one you could talk to would be someone that played the game mm. or was involved in the game. And, you know, me and Stewie would ring each other and we'd talk about it. And they're the only ones you can talk to. You hate talking to anyone else. Mm. And then Monday morning, you're back at it and you're doing it and you might lose the following weekend. It's the same thing. Or you might win, which in our case, we won a lot. Mm. But, you know, you do have that. It's like a depression over you. And I said, when in the managing side, when I was getting that, I was like, I don't need this. Are you still in touch with Dermot Keeley? Yeah, Dermot, yeah. yeah he's, he's writing a book. Um, I was talking to him there now, probably about a month ago. Dan read that before the Roddy book, actually. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I think, you know, Dermot is, a, is a, as I said, one of the best managers tactically as well. Very good. Before his time, like, you know, um, people would say, oh, he was just four cones and a whistle. But that was just pre-season training for Dermot. Like, mm. he'd run you. But when it came to uh, playing matches, European games or not, and he knew his stuff, he really did. And uh, yeah, he's over in he's over in Spain and he's enjoying himself. And That's like that is another one that got away from morale and he's he's living the life. He, I, hope, um, I hope there's an audio book actually, and he's talking. <laughs> <about> <laughs> he did. Uh, That'll be some gig. I should I should I should mention this just before we go because um, it was sent to me during the day and it was just like an obituary for Frank Worthington, right? And Durham Keeling kind of comes to mind where it's like a few years ago I played in a charity golf day. Uh, Frank Worthington was one of the guests and I had the pleasure of sitting next to him at dinner. He told the story of the goal he scored against Liverpool in front of the cop. He nutmegged Tommy Smith, right? So I'm a bit too young to remember Tommy Smith, the defender. Put the ball in the back of the net and Tommy says, do that again, it'll break your neck, right? So Worthington turns around the ref and he goes, did you hear that ref? And the ref goes, I did, Frank, but I don't think he was talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was at home the other day, right? And I have an elderly neighbour across the road, like pension age. They told him the story, he's in Northern and he goes, I played badminton with uh, Tommy Smith. I played with him in Plymouth. We played, and I tell you, it was exactly like that. We played doubles badminton. We did. So my neighbour actually played badminton with Tommy Smith. But I was like, bygone age. I did like that story. I have to say, absolutely. Yeah. And I can remember, like on Channel Four, I'd, I'd only gone to England, so I was sixteen, and they had this football hard man. And they'd done a team, like 11, you know, you would add Schumacher and goals and stuff. But Tommy Smith, Chopper Harris, That's Norman right. Hunter, and. Billy Bremner was the back four. Yeah. Managed by Dermot What was the yeah. League of Ireland five-a-side of hard men be? Before we finish, this is our <laughs> oh, third point. Dermot Keeley, uh, Tom McNulty. Oh, yeah. I would say. Uh, oh, Patsy Frayne. A hard oh, man. He was a hard oh, man. He loved the tackle. Really? <laughs> he did, yeah. He was, Patsy Frayne? Yeah, he was, he was always nasty. He was sna snaky, nasty <laughs> tackle. Yeah. He'd get away with it because he'd walk around. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Smoking it. Smoking oh, look at yeah. Carmen having a play yeah. a pass, have a smoke. <laughs> he yeah. just put in the little nasty one. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Crawford and, and Rennie's David. Rennie, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Crawford yeah. was like that. Crawford yeah. was a snake as well. Like, you know, I love the tackle. <laughs> and you'd enough of them in that shell. They were all there. They were all teammates for some reason. What about you, Rossi? When you're looking at tackles, I would have always said probably Chrissy Turner was the most dangerous one. 
um, never a 50-50. It was always like 70-30 and he'd bury people. Um, and he was... He, like, Desi Bourne as well, actually. Desi, Desi, so yeah. you tried to break my leg now that I think of it. Yeah, because played five side yeah. against Desi Bourne well, recently. I, know, I was yeah. thinking, he'd done his calf again, he did? didn't he? Because yeah. I'd seen him going through <laughs> the airport, <laughs> he was telling me. Yeah. He was a talented player. Wasn't yeah, he was very good. We tried yeah. to break my leg, he came straight yeah. in, two foot onto my knee. Possibly having and an came through. And he turned around and said... He was in front of the dugout, wasn't I remember. I was lucky. I got back up, thank God, but... After he got sent off and he said, I thought you were going two foot as well. I just wanted to go higher. And the thing is, you might struggle. <laughs> I think the thing is, you might struggle to come up with a hard man now. And that's part of the point. Yeah. It's like the, the league is, I think that some of our teams, they're nice, they're maybe nice. No, nicer to watch. Too nice. can be, it can be nicer to watch to some people, but maybe not yeah. hard to play against. And you have to get that balance. It's too somehow. many mates. Yeah. It's too, it's too many Within mates. the league. Yeah. It's Is like, it sound, channeling you're in a Roy Keane here now. No, like, just yeah. I know you. Yeah, great. I won't tackle you too hard because I'll be talking to you on whatever it is, Facebook, Twitter, whatever that love thing it, is. Love it, love it, yeah. love it. But you yeah. can't, be, that you is. can't be sure that a hard tackle isn't a straight red card either. You know, I don't so be you, soft you, you 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 to for God's sake. That's, but that's, you know, actually, the Shells and Bowes game the other day was a few decent tackles put in, and McLaughlin referee allowed he it lets to go. go. And it's a better game. And it was funny. The Latvian referee in in Chicor, he let pretty much everything go, and the fans loved it. It's a better game. Yeah, um, he was the ref for the Pats game last week too. But anyway, uh, um, we are done, Johnny. We have fixtures. Yeah, I mean, people know the fixtures. They can find them on the nah, I've, I've had so at Lone Watford, Galway Bray, Kerry, Finn Harps, Wexford Treaty, Longford Cove, and back to Premier Division action Cork City Shells, Drott United, Sligo Rovers, Bowes UCD, Sligo Rovers, Pats, and. Yeah, Dan Byrne for the Collar and Cuff Mail. Drott United. Congrats, congrats to Dan. So just uh, get in touch about that. And um, yeah, thanks for coming in, lads. Um, yeah, Best of luck in the marathon and all that. Best Thanks of luck very in much. your impending uh, marriage. And uh, we have to go. I think we're going to be kicked out of the Martin Stadium. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that, Dan. See ya.